You're gonna date me, but. Today, I was driving home from my baptism in my brother's Camaro, and he was bringing me back to my dorm room at Boston College, and this song came on the radio, and it kind of became my new song. And if you think about the words, it really was just a phenomenal feeling to hear the words of, like, you know, suddenly life has new meaning to me. There's beauty up above that I never took notice of before. And I, I, I was woken up <laughs> and alive in Christ, and suddenly, you know, I was in love. I used to think love was just, you know, just that those thoughts. And then, of course, I changed. The next line talks about girl, and I just put, God, you're everything. <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget that day and just the honor 38 years ago to be able to drive home and think about the journey that I got to, that I got to experience. 20 years old. I got to follow and find the real Jesus. You know, I got to follow him on this adventure, this meaningful, purposeful, shalom, peace life, clear conscience, freedom. I got to obey, which is a word that, you know, as a college kid, you don't really want to hear that word, obey. And yet, you saw what obey did to our lives, that it brought freedom. And honestly, when you look at the scriptures, obedience just brings miracles. And, uh, you know, I got to repent. What a word you don't want to hear as a 20-year-old. Right. And then when you understand the meaning behind it, that I literally got to mind shift, turn my heart towards my mind, um, towards God, and be able to have the thrill to be able to repent of the things that were holding me back from my own shalom, my own peace, my own special shalom that God has wanted all of us to have when we were created, that peace, that wholeness. You know, and, you know, what is baptism? I mean, what is our repentance praying? It says refreshment, no regret. It's a pretty great place to live, in a place of refreshment, no regret. And then I got to get baptized, and I always call it the new heart, new start, new part. You know, that that day, 38 years ago, I got a new, you know, I got a new husband. I got married that day. He was united in Christ. I had a funeral. I got to die to my old ways. And I had a birthday. So we use anniversaries like this, and we call it birthday. So I figured what prompted me on my 38th spiritual birthday, and honestly, the song is the same. This song is still just a privilege to look back and remember that I get to have new meaning in my life. But I was prompted the last couple of weeks to study out this particular scripture where it talks about 38. And uh, I was connected to it in a new way here on my 38th spiritual birthday. So in John um, 5 verse 1, I just wanted to share just 
seeing this through new eyes. Again, that's the privilege. 38 years later, you open up the scriptures, and what John 5 meant to you when you're 20 is very different than what it means to you when you're 58. And that's the honor of the scriptures, that we can open up the scriptures at any time, and God shows us new things in new ways. And so I wanted to read this in John 5. And it says, um, Jesus heals a lame man. After Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days, inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for such a long time, he asked, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool, and when the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. Who said such a thing, they said and demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. He's a rock star like that. Mm -hmm. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. The man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath. And Jesus said, my father is always working, and so am I. You know, I love this passage. And just thinking of it from perspective of, you know, back, back in the day when I heard that song, you know, the things that were on my heart that were obstacles to my shalom, my rightness with God, my missing the mark, were drunkenness, fits of rage, hypocrisy, jealousy, out of control, myths everywhere. Um, coarse language, impurity, like you can name it as a 20-year-old. But it's amazing because at 38, there's still areas, as we know every day, that we're trying to work to find our shalom, to find our place, to be able to still work through those things. And I'll talk about those here in a minute. But I love looking at Jesus here. You know, what I've learned the most is um, Shelby and uh, Jeanette and I have been studying about understanding Jesus through Middle Eastern lens is I want to gaze at this passage and looking what Jesus was so powerful about. I do want to look at the man because we can always learn for Jesus' interaction with people. But I want us to look and think about Jesus. First of all, what we learn from here as we gaze at God and glance at ourselves is Jesus knew what was going on in this man's life. He knew what he'd been going through for the last 38 years. He knew it completely. He had compassion regardless of the response. You know, Jesus was, was going to heal him regardless if he had the faith at that point or made all these performances and decisions. Jesus' compassion was always drawn to the most brokenhearted. I think he was the oldest person in that particular healing pool that had been there the longest. And I think Jesus knew he'd been there the longest. So he was going to have the compassion because he's drawn towards those that are in the most pain. You know, you see here Jesus' power. At the word, he healed him. You can almost imagine this man literally, like, his whole body starts to, like, he's forced to stand up because the spirit, the power of God's miraculous power right here, just almost forces him to stand up. The audacity of Jesus to get to this, that he's like a rule breaker, and that's what I always fell in love with Jesus about, that it was on a Sabbath, and yet 
it wasn't going to hold him back from performing a miracle because God sent him to, uh, to, to this man in particular. Yep. You see Jesus' initiation, not only to go, hey, do you want to get well? You know, this well, there's a passage that is not in my Bible. A lot of Bibles don't have uh, the verse um, 4 in it because it talks about the healing waters being the Lord surrounded it. There's an, or an angel of the Lord made the waters bubble and you'd be healed. It's actually not in a lot of the newest Bibles because it, they think it was either a pagan idea that the healing pools really worked, either maybe they did work, or it was just a superstition. Regardless of what they are, the healing pool was Jesus. He was trying to come to him. But literally the living water was coming, initiating to this man, like, you don't need that well. You need my well. You need me. You know? And then it goes on. It talks about his initiation. And he goes back and follows up and goes, dude, even though you're changing on the outside and I gave you a gift to heal you, the real wellness center isn't the, isn't the healing pools. It's, it's what's going on in your inside. Stop sinning. Why? Because sin disrupts our shalom with God. You are missing the mark. We have to go back. And don't we still miss the mark that we've got to keep going back to the wellness center? You know, I, I'm just amazed that he had the incredible heart that Jesus didn't have to heal him, but he looked back. When, literally, he sought him out in the temple to help him. Just amazing. You know, sometimes in the past, 30 years earlier, 38 years earlier, I would have looked at this, and I do believe that God is calling us and asking us, do we want to get well? It sounds like a stupid question, right? Do I want to get well? Duh. I've been here 38 years. And yet he is asking that to assess, like, do we really want it? Do we really want to go after that air in our life? But, you know, I feel like this man was so hopeless that he couldn't even answer Jesus. It wasn't like, how come the guy didn't repent? I think Jesus' compassion was so powerful that he knew that I'm gonna I'm gonna have the compassion to heal him regardless of his performance, but because he deeply needs me. But then he goes back and goes, "All right, dude, stop sinning because that outside wellness isn't gonna do anything if you don't deal with the inside wellness." But I'm just amazed because here I am, 38 years later, right? And 38 years later, I don't those things that I had to repent of or stop sinning in or turn to Jesus for to find my healing, they were, you know, I was just 20. I had a lot of idealism. I hadn't been wounded. I hadn't needed to forgive anybody for anything. I hadn't been struggling with loss of idealism. I hadn't been aging. I hadn't gone through loss. I hadn't gone through grief. I hadn't gone through these things that God knew I was going to need that healing pool over and over again the next 38 years. I hadn't been experiencing any unexpected curveballs that, you know, how we're feeling. We've hit some curveballs in our lives that I'm just like, wow, I was not expecting that one. And and yet God is still calling me back to this healing pool, to this shalom. And I just feel so thankful to God that he would do that for us. That 38 years later, he's still saying, because I also think another quality of Jesus is he's a life coach, and he's still saying, Suze, do you want to get well? Come on, let's keep going. Let's show up for your own life. Mm. In this time for your life, let's turn to me and let's go forward. And, you know, I want to close before we take communion and just share Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. I feel like this has been, my daughter-in-law asked me when I was visiting during Easter. Um, so great to have this beautiful family here. We're praying for Erica, who's recovering from getting kicked off a horse. And, um, and, 
she's amazing. She's great to have you guys here. But in um, Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, I, my, my uh, daughter-in-law asked me, she's, she's like, Suze, what's kind of holding you strong right now? What are you, what's grounding you at this time in your life? And I said, you know, it's got to be Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And so I just want to read this as we get ready to take communion and think about, you know, what an honor that we have a healer. You know, we do have someone to help us. And we don't need any fake wells. We get to go to the source, the life source, the living water ourselves. But in Matthew 11, I just love this passage. And again, again, 20 years ago, it meant one thing to me. 38 years later, it means something really different. And that's just God helping us along the journey because it is a journey. You know, when I was 20, it was a sprint. And now I realize it's not just a sprint. It's, it's a journey. And in Matthew 28, I'm sorry, in Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest, rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden, you get, the burden I give you is light. You know, I've been so grounded and inspired by this passage in so many ways. But one, I feel like Jesus has been calling me 38 years later to come to me. Come follow me. Come be with me to find rest, to find shalom. I believe rest is peace here, to find that shalom. And his heart just gravitates because it says here, he's lowly and gentle. He gravitates towards people that need those spaces to be filled. Honestly, he doesn't gravitate necessarily to the strong and self-reliant. He gravitates towards those who are feeling weary and heavy burdened. And, you know, but I've learned something for the first time in 38 years. When he talks about taking on my yoke, I always imagine the oxen when you think about the yoke. But actually, a rabbi was asked this a lot in the Middle East. He would ask, you would, the disciple would ask the rabbi, so tell me your yoke on generosity. Tell me your yoke on, and basically what Jesus is saying here, take my perspective on. Take my teachings on. This is how you're going to be able to find rest for your soul. The instructions of God lead us to the path of shalom. And shalom means wholeness, harmony, flourishing, and delight. Like That's what God desires. That's why he, why he says, no, come on, pick up your mat and walk. Come on, stop spinning. One of those places I've provided for you because Jesus is your healer. I want to do whatever it takes to help you live at the ultimate wellness center, the place of shalom. That's Jesus' dream for us. So I just want to pray, and I just thank God. You know, I think on my 38th spiritual birthday, we have anniversaries, right, for our birthday, for anniversaries, if we're married, anniversaries for certain things. But, you know, every week we get to have an anniversary, a celebration, a birthday, a remembrance, because we have the privilege to go to communion. And so I pray as we're getting a chance to take communion that we really see the incredible impact that we can look back and remember God and Jesus' faithfulness to us as we take communion and and recommit to follow, recommit to come, recommit to repent, all the good words that lead to such life and healing. So let's pray. God, we... Thank you that you've cared so much about our shalom. That you've cared about us whether we're 20, we're 18, we're 58, whether we're searching, we're seeking, we're, in a, we're 
on the mat still we're in a place of um, real high spiritually or real low because the journey with you is all those things on our, our walk for life. And Father, we just want to say thank you for the privilege to be able to celebrate and remember who you are. God, we think about the sheep gate that was right next to this healing pool. And it was the same gate that Jesus was going to have to walk through to be that sheep, that lamb that would be sacrificed for us. And we thank you so much for the privilege, God, that you've given us that you would um, literally, by your wounds, that we could be healed as the ultimate healer, God. We love you. Thank you so much for what you've done, your death, your burial, the incredible gift of resurrection. And thank you, God, that um, you're constantly waiting to just ask us to come to you and to get well in your greatest wellness center ever, God. We love you, Carlos, in your son's name. Amen. Amen.